So, well, on theme and on brand, mm-hmm. I have been playing Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, oh, the game. The source. The source material. The absolute kind of. source material. Well, it's not Yeah, really. I was... The so- the- uh, yeah, the, the source material is the-, the intermediate source material. Yeah, the the big one, the popular one that's now sold like 12 million copies, thanks in part to what we'll be talking about today. But uh, yeah, it's really good, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I'm kind of disappointed that I slept on it for so long. It's right, actually okay. genuinely... The PS5 graphics, I like, I'm not playing it on a gaming PC or anything. So no. um, I had to wait for the PS5 upgrade, which is one of the reasons I did sleep on it. But good okay. God, like I'm so drawn into the setting and the city and just... So the you, story you, so far, you, crit- yeah. you you said there was a lot of criticism. Obviously, you hadn't played it at this point, but last Absolutely. week when we talked about the first five episodes, you, you there was a bit of criticism about the game, wasn't there? Yeah, the state that the game was in when it launched, and the stories of the behind the scenes of how hard people were working and crunching to get the game out the door, and for it right. to still be in a state of disrepair was unacceptable. Like it okay. was pulled from the PlayStation Store, blah blah blah. But that's but all been rectified. Yeah, it's been patched to hell since then, and they've just been released a really big bug fix, bug fixing and uh, graphical fidelity update. Uh, like at the same time, the anime dropped, and they're all announced <laughs> an expansion pass coming soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it really just does feel like playing a game of cyberpunk tabletop, but you're in a first person camera for the whole thing. And I've only just left the prologue. Um, and that's taken me over six hours. So the, the right. prologue to the whole game, mm. all the set pieces, getting used to the systems, everything is just is six hours. So I cannot see myself spending anything less than like 60 to finish so it's, the rest. It's of first it. person, it's just, is it? Can you choose? Yeah, first person. Um, only in the driving section. So you can choose to go third person in the driving sections. Right. And the driving controls aren't great. Just like <laughs> David. I find myself crashing into lampposts a lot and not being able to steer properly. Well, you can't jump over the barriers and things. I can't just make it just jiggle around. Well, actually, you can because <laughs> the driving isn't that great. <laughs> right, fair. Yeah. But yeah, so far, game's pretty good. So I think definitely recommended it, especially because you can buy it for pittance now. It's worth oh, Can you? Yeah. Okay. So I got mine for 2,000 yen. Can I buy my, can I buy a PlayStation 5 for pittance? can you buy a playstation 5 full stop <laughs> they just you just can't find them in japan at the moment if you want to get one from amazon you have to enter a lottery like or like a waiting line do you know when you go to like a deli counter yeah you get like a ticket so yeah. like you are five thousandth in line for the ps5 that seems so strange on amazon, i don't know of all places i don't know if it's that tricky here like a colleague of mine got one this week. He just went, he just got oh. one. I don't know. I didn't ask details about how he got it. He could have had to jump through hoops, but he didn't, didn't sound like it. He just said he, Fell off he a got, truck. His, got his new PS5. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting though. Um, should we talk about the source material? Source, uh, the, the sequel to the source material. The adaptation. The, the, the adaptation the of the, the secret source. Yes. It's not the source material. This is the adaptation. I don't know why I said source material. We're not talking. We, we just talked about the source material. Say source more. One of them. Source. Saucy. Let's do a podcast in three, two, one. Hello, weebs, new and old, and welcome back to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide an anime novice to the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me, as always, is our co-host and novice, Will. Hello, and welcome back to Gateway to the Anniverse. 
Um, we're talking about Cyberpunk today, which we were also talking about last week. Uh, we talk about anime what? in general. Usually it's just the first three, but because this is a 10-part episode, 10-part series, um, and it's popping off, uh, we thought we'd binge the whole thing. And we listened, Why we watched not? the first five and talked about that last week. So if you want a the preamble to this, please go back and listen to that because we'll talk, a, we talked a lot more about the characters and the sort of... Mm. The OPs the and the music and the, and the yeah, we, we we set everything up last week, so make sure you listen to that. Um, we are starting our story today um, a little bit further further down the line. We are in episode six, so um, mm-hmm. Sam, we want to kind of summarize the first five, I guess, for people. I mean, it, yeah. it doesn't even need to be long because we're assuming people who are listening have seen this; they know what's going on. Um, Probably. Um, so, Cyberpunk. Edgerunners is a set. Cyberpunk Edgerunners is set in the world of Night City. We mm-hmm. follow David Martinez, a kid from the other side of the tracks who installs a piece of military hardware, joins up with a bunch of cyberpunks, and basically ends up doing a bunch of mercenary work with these guys. We get introduced to him, to Lucy. We get introduced to Maine and Dorio, Kiwi, Rebecca, and Pilar. Pilar, oh, Re- Rebecca, and. Oh, Rebecca. <laughs> and this this found family that David has now, uh, these cyberpunks, bring him in and show him that life can be worth living. And the first five episodes or so deal with him joining the gang, understanding the powers of his Sevedistan? Stein? Sevedistein. Sedevistein. Sedevistein? I can't remember. His... Augmented thing that lets him do bullet time, and by the time we reach episode five, we've lost a few members of the gang. Pilar Sandevistan, Sandevstein. Anyway, <laughs> the the spine that goes on his back. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the time we reach episode five, David's learned the harsh realities of Night City that death comes swiftly and unexpectedly to even those who are the boldest and most brash. With the death of Pilar, and he's done a few jobs here and there. And kind of started to make a name for himself as a punk whilst getting on with Lucy. Yeah. And getting it on with Lucy. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we're going to move into talking about the last five episodes and the climax of this show. Yeah. I was wondering where you're going there. I was wondering I, what I don't know where I was going with it. <laughs> Excellent. So... Let's start with episode six then, because I feel, for me, this was one of the strongest episodes in the whole show. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about it. It's dealing with Maine as he enters into a state of what's called cyberpsychosis. It's brilliant. And he starts to it's melt so down. Good. Yeah, it is so I was, I was, in, I was the... entranced. Like, the way they Absolutely. transition between him in out of psychosis and then in psychosis, like where he's tripping out with... The, the the first the way it opens i mean it sort of cuts back to Stunning. him running down the road to to the desert sort of the uh the wasteland that is the world now yeah and the sides of the city yeah um and then it just keeps dripping that in every now and then and then there's other walks of his life as well and he sees things and yeah just tripping balls the whole episode basically um it's uh, as he's so well done starts to go to town on people and refuses to give up any of his um what do we call it cyberware cyberware 
Yeah. Mm. What's the what's the slang for it? Like chrome. Metal, chrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shiny and chrome. Yeah. <laughs> um oh, and, and it obviously ends with with him what an insane set of action sequences going back to back at the end of this episode. We've had sequences in the show so far which have really stood out, like the fight against the random Japanese guy in like episode four and, and right. like the car chase. But yeah, I feel yeah. this takes everything to another level. Like seeing Dorio and Maine just mm. unloading everything into the Max Tac and Trauma team and the, and the Night City Police as well. Yeah. As they their job goes south so fast. It's yeah. just amazing. Like the gore, the creativity. Maine hits a guy with like so hard with a chair that it splatters like his brains on the wall. He straps a naked VIP to his torso to stop himself getting shot. Like yes. the dude has gone off the deep end in the most horrifically graphic way possible. And it's just a joy to watch because he's just there's there's a moment where everyone's in like terrified of him and he walks up to this guy and he goes did i cause all this mess and yeah. he's framed in bright red and he yeah. is just unhinged oh yeah and it's that it's, it. it's that clarity through the psychosis isn't it he's sort of and, and then even that gets corrupt because he starts to laugh and he starts to sort of yeah. embrace the carnage even out mm. of psych so the, the psychosis is basically taking over and uh, yeah it's just really cool to see especially and, and like how the people around him act and how he like gets dorio killed is it dorio that gets killed yeah yeah, yeah dorio takes a bullet through the face yeah yeah well she ta- yeah she gets shot injecting him doesn't she she like comes yeah, up to him and injects she gives him. him the meds the meds and, and, and then, then she gets she ended. takes one through the chest and then through the head. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's what pushes him completely over the edge. What's really interesting to me is that we're told throughout the whole series there's no coming back from cyberpsychosis. And as the rest of these episodes show, there seems seems to be one way that you can come back from it, and that's if you have a loved one or somebody that you care about nearby. And it kind of it doesn't cure them but it grants them that moment of clarity or that moment to just kind of give their final thoughts. Like with Maine, it's when David comes up to help him out. Yeah. And that scene when they're together and the last bit of Maine's sanity clicks into place just to tell David to run. Yeah. And then of course there's the slow-mo. Oh, just everything about the episode from the direction to the music choices to the fucking ending with David sat in the car, just the way that the sketching and the shading's done on him and he's holding the arm and the single tear rolls down oh, his face. Fuck the me. arm. The arm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously David get, David made a promise earlier or, uh, main made a promise basically saying, you know, yeah, if I ever, if I ever pop, pop my socks, what's the, that's a weird expression. He says flatline. Yeah, if I have a flatline. If I ever pop my <laughs> socks, then you can have the loafers that I was born in. Ah, <laughs> uh, those are some tasty loafers. Um yeah, so David gets his 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 chrome arm, basically. I don't know. It's a mm. big ass arm. And Yep. And and that leads us brilliantly into episode seven. 
And Good lord! Basically, seven. How big do you want David to be? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, to be fair, when Do we first swole. see him, he's not. It, it doesn't. It's not like overbearing, but like as they start to introduce new shots of him, like hunched over and like yeah, certain angles he, where his head just, just massive. <laughs> his head is just like placed on top of this frame <laughs> it's, when he's like watching TV, <laughs> yeah. and it's just this little tiny little head, on tiny heads, giant <laughs> massive arms. Yeah, um, he is. He's become sacked. And now he has a body fit for the arm, so it doesn't look ridiculous. Although I think they should have gone another way one, and just have just one massive arm. arm. Yeah, like it'd be Rebecca. like you know, like those kids. You know, when kids want to be Hulk, you can buy the big foam Hulk hands, but they're just like the big cut off. Hands. I think it should just look like that. It's just a <laughs> giant just that. chrome arm, but it just stops. What do you mean? My arm isn't stops. suspicious at all. <laughs> Um, God, but yeah, we have a bit of a time skip between six and seven. Mm. Um, un- undetermined amount of time has passed, and as in the second episode, at uh, the end of the first episode, David has decided to indeed chrome the fuck up, uh, mm-hmm. and he now has cyberware implanted to almost all parts of his body because, as Doc says it, his tolerance is just incredibly high, and he's become almost more machine than man. A chrome junkie. What a cool like term for somebody yeah. who is destroying themselves where do you stand on have you ever heard of the thought experiment of the ship of theseus <laughs> yes yes of course i think we've discussed it on the podcast as well um yeah marvel like, have touched it's on a it. very kind of <laughs> yep in the most meme worthy manner possible i actually yeah. watched that episode the other day huh? um just, just as memey but yeah, yeah like where do you stand on that because something that this show doesn't really do is get too bogged down in the idea of um cyberware and the soul and in terms of like until the very end when we get our new bad guy the legend that is a legend adam smasher oh adam smasher of course of course (laughs) that bastard um but yeah like the, the show's not too concerned with the morality almost of cyberware which a lot of cyberpunk stories tend to dip into yeah, a lot of shows think about it's tr- it's called transhumanism. The idea that we could upload our consciousness to an internet, yeah. or we can replace our failing flesh with Chrome. And the show's more focused on cool action and moments and cyberpsychosis and stuff. But it doesn't think about like should you use these things? Where do you kind of stand on what from a moral perspective or the the exploration of it in the show? Um, let's start too- with your moral perspective on it. Because I'm interested. If you had the option to replace parts of your body with... I'd chrome, chrome the fuck up, baby. I'd chrome... Oh, would I'd you? Chrome up so hard. Like, really? Um, I mean, I'd, I'd probably... Yeah, I mean... There's, uh, yeah, I think I would. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I'm all about... Um, yeah, I'm a bit screwed up in the head when it comes to, like, death and stuff. I'd avoid it at all costs. So if I can replace a failing body with chrome, I'd go for it. <laughs> Uh, I'd upload it to the yeah, internet true. in a heartbeat. <laughs> in a heartbeat, you'd do the Sanjay or a lack of, like immediately, or a lack of a lack of a heartbeat. Very yeah. good. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm in a weird, I'm in a weird place with it because on the upside, like the one side, like if, for example, if a vampire came up and said, "I'm going to turn you into a vampire," I'd be like, "Yeah, I yeah. get to be immortal forever, and I get cool vampire powers." Mm-hmm. But and I get to sh- twinkle in the sunlight. <laughs> Yeah, I get to get I get to turn all shiny. I want to be a Bram Stoker 
uh, vampire because they just lose their powers in the light. Okay. Yeah. I want to be. I want all the benefits and none of the drawbacks. Of course. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the argument anyway with the cyber cyberware as well? Like, cyberware. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm. I think cyberware. I don't know. Maybe just the mechanical aspect of it and the fact that, like, upgrades and losing, like, bl- blood and bone kind of yeah. feels a bit more othered i guess yeah. i don't know i like like some modifications like what um david does with this sedevistan yeah sedevistan whatever it's called like i think that's really cool like being able to i don't know bullet time and keep your bones and stuff yeah that's fun but i think like when he starts replacing his lungs and then his arms and his limbs that's when i start feeling a bit more like how much of me is actually like left in here yeah, yeah, but it's again. Then it goes back to like where your soul is. Like, do you? It is. Is it as long as your brain is sort of like functioning, and is that where your personality and your morals and your and everything you, where you reside? Mm. Is that like the heart of it or the head of it? I guess um, because hey. I mean, you think about in in you think about. Not to get like morbid or anything, but you think about like paraplegics and you think about people in life that do have mm. operations. You know, people have had transplants and all sorts of or- yeah. organ problems and and dialysis and those sorts of things that go on that replace parts of your body. They're still them. They're still them. And you, I don't think anyone would argue that there are any less of them because uh, unless like materialistically yeah. they are less of them because there, there is less of them apart from that. But generally they're still themselves so if you keep if you keep going with that logic it's like well as long as you're still you and you're not affecting your the who you are in essence you can never damage the soul sam in that through, only through acts of immorality can you damage the soul only through murder can you tear your soul into seven pieces we're back on <laughs> harry potter baby absolutely we're back baby <laughs> the polar opposite of cyberpunk <laughs> you make a very compelling argument there well you know mm. you've yeah maybe i will also, consider chroming the fuck up yeah i mean also you can't sit on the fence because that is the debate <laughs> you can't say i'm is, i'm yeah. i'm at odds with this I, I i'm in a funny situation <laughs> no that is the debate we know there's pros and cons <laughs> <laughs> very true um, so then to spin the question around the other way, how about the way that the show deals with it and the focus okay. on more chrome equals cyberpsychosis? Yeah, no, I like that. I think, I think the, I think it's, um, the, the show does it quite simplistically. Like, you know, the more chrome you get, the more psychosis, the more red, like obviously David's a bit more resistant than others to the psychosis. I'm built different. <laughs> He's built different. Um, and it turns out he's not. He's just got a higher tolerance. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I like I like that element to it. You know, we're going to keep going, keep going. And you see, you see this in a lot of a lot of films that do like um, enhancements or uh, super beings and things, where like they can keep taking the medication and it'll screw them up in the long run. Mm. Um, the boys, uh, the boys. Is it in the boys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, there's, I, bet I could even think of. Oh, I can't actually think of many examples. Don't isn't that a bit like when they, you know, like when they try and replicate medications? Um, oh, uh, in oh god, this is a really niche film. I don't know how popular it was. Limitless. I used to love Limitless. Oh, with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I love that yeah. film. Yeah, 
They um, did like a a TV show of it as well. They did. I think he turned up. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, you take the pill and you can unlock 100% of your brain or something and you just get super efficient at everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it has detrimental effects the more you take it and things like that. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I, I agree. I, th- I like the, the idea of the, the more that you enhance or the more that you take this thing, despite the side effect, it's, it's going to catch up with you eventually. Mm. And it's kind of painful to watch because we're watching David in real time almost keep mm. m- making the decision to self-destruct yeah and like every part of you is shouting like don't do it don't do it like it, like dorio you need to go light on the cyberware for a bit until your symptoms calm down and you kind of recover but they just keep pushing anyway because in night city if you don't burn out in a blaze of glory then you, you don't exist essentially and we watch david doing this and succumbing to the effects of cyberpsychosis which he's seen first hand in his mentor and it's just it's just painful it's sad it's sad to watch him let's let's talk about that then because that's one of the big things that i want to sort of address um Mm -hmm. i don't buy it from david really i don't think the show does enough to give him motivation to make these decisions he's been doing he's been quite logic level-headed when it comes to other decisions um he's made he's been a bit sort of boisterous towards the beginning but we know he's extremely academic and smart because they Mm -hmm. they they make that clear at the beginning we know that his mum's dream was for him to be corporate to be one of these boys at the top of Osaka Mm -hmm. and throughout the developments of his character he keeps saying I've got promise to my mum to live up to Okay, it's got some poetic metaphor at the end of the final episode when he's at the top of Arasaka building, but that's not what she meant, and he knows that. <laughs> Everyone knows that. So, well, I don't doesn't... think he does know that because he is at that point completely off the deep end. Yeah, okay, but like all the decisions that led up to that, there was no way he was ever going to fulfill his mom's dream. Yet that's what he claimed to be trying to do. And I think that's kind of the point, though. I don't know. Is that David? is a character that doesn't have any agency of himself. And we see this time and again. He is living for the sake of other people's dreams throughout the whole series. Like, so but first, how is he living up to his mum's dream there? He want, his mum wants him to fulfil his potential. And so to do that, he is making money. He's got himself the nice apartment. He's looking after his, his found family. After that, it's Lucy's dream. It's Lucy's dream to get to the moon. So he works towards that partly and then finally as of episode six the last thing that main says to him is you've got to keep on running you've got to keep being an edge runner you've got to keep being a cyberpunk and so he keeps doing that he's not living for his own wants and desires he's simply following orders basically he's following other people's instructions and he says as much to lucy towards the end that his dream is to fulfill those of others and that's what makes him for me such a compelling character because we're watching this person who cannot figure out their own meaning to their life be led down all these different paths of destruction and poor decisions and mistakes because he's just following what he thinks he should do, not what he wants to do. I don't know. I thought there was plenty of opportunities to 
there were, there were moments in the show, you know, last week I, I spoke about my prediction, which was that mm-hmm. somehow he was going to, because uh, he was smart as hell. He was very curious about the, what's the guy called with the three eyes? Uh, Faraday. Faraday. He was very, um, there was a specific angle where he was like eyeing up Faraday and he was talking to Maine about like the, like he's like, oh, so Maine, you don't really run shit because like this guy's the Mm. guy pulling the strings. And he's asking those kind of questions, which suggests he knows the, the hierarchy and he, he's curious about it. And he's a smart lad. Like he takes Maine's advice, um, to make sure he stands on his own two feet and doesn't rely on others. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I'm this good advice. I'm going to do that. And I don't know. There's so much about this kid that seems to just be, you know, to say special, they, they, they portray it in this physical way, but I thought there was such an opportunity to be like, no, this kid's special because he knows the system. He's worked out the game and he can, he can beat the game. He can beat the system because the the dropping seeds a bit like that, and yeah, you can say it's like bitter irony that he doesn't get out of it, and it's a bit more like dark. And, but that seems to like it just seems a missed opportunity. It'd be I think it'd be so cool to see like because like there was a bit when Faraday was talking to a guy in a car, and I swear that was David's voice, like the guy on inside the car that you didn't see. It sounded just like David, and I was like, that'd be so cool oh, if he was playing both sides. Like uh, yeah, if the guy he was Militech. yeah, if he was already because he because he had the clandestine or Sandevestine or whatever it is, um, mm. because he had that, like he'd already infiltrated, he'd already made deals and stuff, and he was actually heading up one of the the Arasaka's opponent, like or not heading up, but you know, you know, like well in there, yeah, um, and he was actually controlling Faraday, who was who thought he was controlling David, and it was like this weird switch around, mm. and then like. It gets to the end and David just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. And there doesn't really seem to be an urgency until like Lucy gets captured. And yeah, but he's already made his decision to keep going and going and going well before that. And I think Mm. there's plenty of opportunity to just take a step back for him and still meet all of his objectives, still like be the leader, still do all this shit. Like if he was smart, if he was as smart as he's been portrayed, I do genuinely Mm. think... He would outsmart. He wouldn't make those choices. It just seemed a bit sort of like, like I know it's self-destructive, and I know he's gone through a lot, and I know it's Night City. But like, he basically just copies what Maine does. (laughs) He just copies what Maine does. Like, it's just Maine's story again. Mm. Mm, Kind of. I think the nuance for me comes from the problems that Lucy and David cause each other. Uh, independently because they don't communicate there's no good communication between those two and so david has this like overwhelming desire to protect lucy from anything that comes her way which means more money more cyberware pushing to escape basically and to become the big dog to become like main in that so that he can have the cred and have the respect to make sure that he keeps her safe Meanwhile, Lucy's out there trying to protect David from mm. the corpos because mm. he's on their watch list because they think that he'd be a perfect specimen for the cyberskeleton. But neither of them are communicating this to each other and it ends up Lucy ruffles the wrong feathers and gets the top levels of Arasaka involved, which then ends up crashing into David whilst he's out on the jobs. 
yeah, he could pull back, but because he's not communicating with Lucy and figuring out, okay, where do we actually stand? How safe are we? What's going on? Why won't you tell me what you're doing? He just keeps barreling forward. Whereas if Lucy, like at any point, these characters can leave Night City. That's what hurts me so much is the fact <laughs> that at any point, and they show it, they go, the two of them leave on the bike to go and look at the stars together. Yeah. And even then when Lucy sees that he's starting to develop cyber psychosis symptoms, he's starting to get the shakes. She doesn't talk him down. No. Because she's still trying to, because she knows that she has to stay in the city to get rid of anyone who knows about him. But she won't tell him that. And it's like, this is why things, are, this, is, this is why problems are being caused. This is why he ends up overshooting and following Maine's path because the person that he cares about the most isn't looking out for him in a meaningful way. She's doing things but in the is... wrong order. Okay, yeah, I get that. But like, what is his end goal before things go tits up? Because he knows that he's going to crash and die. So he's basically like... I, it it just seems illogical, like because there wasn't a th- like yeah Lucy was being a bit elusive, but she wasn't in danger, and he, yet he still persevered with it all, knowing the outcome. Mm. Like that that seemed like just stupidly self destructive. Like it's not even doing it for a purpose at that point. He's just doing that, it because he doesn't want to job. give it up. So you mean like why he takes that final job when he's like on his last legs? No, I mean before that. Like you said, it, when it, when he gets the shakes, what's that like? Episode seven or? Like yeah, seven or eight, like he's yeah. starting to get the, the and point, and then there's yeah. so much that happens between then and the end. Like he keeps upgrading and he keeps doing stuff, and it's before Lucy's taken. And at that point, he's like, yeah, Lucy's being elusive, but she's not in any danger. So why does he feel the need to keep pushing his body past the point of no return? Psychosis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, Maybe I guess the psychosis like, makes again, you want to keep going. It's like a virus. Keep that... going and pushing forward. But again, that's it. He's still at that point trying to live up to Maine's wish. Maine told him to keep running and to keep being an edge runner. So mm. he's doing that. And the only way that he can maintain his position and keep being the best is to keep chroming up, is to keep pushing further, to keep taking on bigger and bigger jobs and enter the big leagues. Like by the time Faraday comes to him, that's it. That's his moment. He's at the point where, I guess, from his headspace, it's time to take over the role for Maine fully. And if he does this and he gets the cred and he gets the money, he will be recognised as being somebody who can protect Lucy. Yeah. And unfortunately, by the time the job starts, <laughs> even though he's, he's even though he has hands-on, point-blank seen that Maine couldn't save people. Like he may or fail, main failed at it, and yet he still wants to be in because what he got his the love of his life killed. Like what? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Like surely, surely but the I- main thing, like for someone as smart as um, David, the main thing should have been a wake up call. It should have been like, holy shit! If Maine can't do this, then what fucking chance do it I have? It should be. But that's that's it, isn't it? We're watching a flawed character. No, but the flaw, but the flaw isn't intelligence. The flaw isn't smartness. So, like, don't make the character this a star student that's a genius and logical. And like, don't make him that. Make it. Make him just your average Joe that's like determined and he's your, he's your, you know, your shonen protagonist. He's your gung ho. Mm. I'm just going to keep going. Then I'd believe it. 
But the fact that they push this narrative where he's this genius and he can like it. But I like that like though. It's like I like that it's shown that even though he was academically smart and he had this route open to him, he's still making dumb decisions because now he's no, entered no, into he just a never world used so that. He never used it. it. He never used it. He he won on like sheer chrome. Like th- there was very few mm. incidences where I was like, you know what? He's outsmarted that guy there. He's made a smart decision there. Like you'd still think there'd be elements of that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm hung start, up on it too even much. Though, I think I, I think maybe you are because yeah. from the very beginning, yeah, we know that he's this A plus student, but he's got this big chip on his shoulder about mm. his position and his standing. And even early yeah. doors before he chromes up, he's still picking fight well <laughs> not picking fights with the bullies but he's still making dumbass decisions he chose to not buy the correct upgrade he chose to get the back market one from doc yeah he causes himself problems and inadvertently becomes the cause of his mum's death like yeah. we know he's academically smart but he's making shitty decisions yeah even from day one yeah. and that persists throughout the whole series so if yeah, nothing you're not else it's consistent yeah Mm. I guess. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Yeah. I don't know, it just frustrated me. I thought it needed another layer. Um Yeah, true. I mean, ten episodes is a lot to cram in mm. stuff like this. And yeah. A lot of the criticism I've seen online for the show has been that it does sometimes feel a bit too speedy, a yeah. bit too rushed. Yeah, I would agree. Where it could use those extra maybe two episodes that a regular core would have to flesh out characters or to deep dive into issues like you talked about. Hmm. And that is definitely a, a valid criticism. Well, there you go. Um, right. Anything, well, where do you want to go now? That was, that was a deep conversation. Um, do we want to talk about, I mean, can we, can we, can the we ending. Have, have the ending? You want to talk about the ending <laughs> with what, with <laughs> do we have to talk about the ending? <laughs> do we have to go there? <laughs> but yeah uh, let's talk about so, the final episode with the whole yeah. e- the exoskeleton um the cyber skeleton cyber skeleton yeah, yeah. i um, love the and- way that faraday says cyber skeleton <laughs> it lives <laughs> in my head rent free <laughs> um okay there's also okay so well, yeah there is quite a lot to unpick it can we can we acknowledge how weird it is to see david inside the cyber skeleton with <laughs> just a torso and like everything and else just is just torso. plugged into his orifices like the, the... ding <laughs> it's, it's strange isn't yeah. it just seeing that floating it's, torso it is very weird it's like and, and one of the characters that he brutally murders sums it up perfectly when he says is that a man or a mech yeah and the answer is yes yes <laughs> to both yeah. Um, the cyberskeleton being this piece of Militech hardware that has been alluded to throughout the entirety of the show. And the big thing that Maine was trying to get hold of. And we finally get it. And Faraday tricks David into getting inside of it because he's got a high tolerance. They think that he can, he's capable of test piloting it and getting data so they can then give the cyberskeleton to Adam Smasher uh, mm. to make him even more powerful. Like, and yeah, when he like he like he needs it. Like he's there's ugh, there's so many memes going around about Adam Smasher because apparently he's like mild spoilers for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, this two year old game. Okay. Apparently he's the last boss of the uh, the game, right? And because it's a big open world RPG, mm. of course you can get stupidly powerful stupidly quickly. So by the right. time you reach the last boss, 
you can humiliate the bastard. <laughs> so there's memes going around of like, Adam Smasher in the lore, and he's like super strong. Adam Smasher in cutscenes, super strong. Adam Smasher in edge runners, even stronger. Adam Smasher at the last boss, and he's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it does It does also question, like, Adam Smasher says it himself, like, this, this cyber skeleton is a rudimentary piece of kit, apparently, and he just, mm. just With absolutely... training wheels. Yeah, it absolutely destroys David. So, the, I, what, what, what were they trying to do again? Like, why did they want to get this? Why was this so elusive? Why was this piece of kit so amazing if they've already got Adam Smasher destroying him? So the idea was um, they were going to introduce it as a spare part for Adam Smasher, but they couldn't just give it to him outright because he's already basically, as David says, he's full Borg. So he's yeah. com- almost completely cybernetics. Yeah. Pardon me. So the idea was to have David or one of the others on Lucy's list of people trial the cyber skeleton first to get mm. test data so they could yeah. then feed it back in and then fix it to Adam's smashes specs but they didn't have any test subjects yeah and they also wanted to because it wasn't arasaka tech it was militech tech yeah they needed to steal it as well Mm. so the first set of jobs were to get the cyber skeleton the second underlying thing from arasaka which the principal was kind of in on yeah was getting david to come back to school and go to arasaka and be the test subject so Mm. they could test it out and then tune it for adam yeah that whole but um... then Plotline died a death, didn't it? With a whole like, come back to school. <laughs> no, come okay. back to school. How about you kiss my ass? I'm yeah. at work now. <laughs> How about you really come yeah. back to school and we'll we'll like you lots. I'm still still no. All you've got to do is apologise to uh, the kid that you threw through a wall, and mm. uh, it'll be good. Yeah. How about I watch my mentor die in slow motion instead? <laughs> yeah. How about I uh, obtain some trauma? Mm. <laughs> trauma <laughs> obtained. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the last episode is basically David using the last of his drugs, going mm. on an all-out assault of Arasaka Tower with Becca and Falco. And it's just glorious ultraviolence. Yeah, it is. And He's it's got just this, this, this cyber skeleton can basically use the force on stuff like he, he just can gr- gravitational field stuff it's magnets it's got everything. magnets to take everyone's weapons and then somehow it looks like use those weapons <laughs> like it's... yes it has like lots of tiny arms on the end of the bigger arms <laughs> <laughs> if they were making this like live ac- if they were making these live action it would be like people's just like people's hands in black gloves sticking through <laughs> this like re- cardboard <laughs> grabbing it like oh yeah these are mech hands <laughs> it's just clearly it's just not even like cg or anything. Just no it's, actual, it's actual yeah people sticking their hands <laughs> yes we're really proud of the cyberpunk enterprise adaptation we had you know the uh the cyber skeleton alone required 15 people inside of the cardboard box to make it uh true to life to the show <laughs> uh yeah oh that'd be great we should make that just like so low budget, like <laughs> when, when, he, when he makes all the, edge runners. When, when he makes all the cars float, and it's just like someone throwing a box of Hot Wheels in the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam Smasher's just got like a little skull mask, and then he's, <laughs> he's like, just got a bandana a with a skull mask. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> it'd be great. Um, um, yeah. What so did you think of the um, the last that that last sequence, the the car chase? I guess from the moment that David has the the walk through the city flashback, up yeah, until that's cool. The and end, it's an empty city, oh, and the musical choices as yeah. well, like. The song's called uh, uh, Insert here, editing Sam. You know what it is. <laughs> it's called Major Crimes, Dumbass. Yeah, cool. But brilliant song to fit him. Just as Doc says, going over the edge of crazy and just yeah. laughing and just embracing the madness. The final Sam Devastein scene as well, where he just screams and his head flies off in four different directions and there's five of him running around the room yeah. and faraday's exploded and everyone's dead and then adam smasher activates his as well yeah and it's like mate you are fucked yeah and it and it, he is so fucked like there is no getting around it he is he's destroyed adam smasher is playing with him it just seems mm. insane how OP Adam Smasher is. Um, can we, can uh, Rebecca, I thought Rebecca was going to survive. Uh, so did I. <laughs> uh, Adam Smasher like, is just like, so this is where I get my name. He, <laughs> <laughs> he smashed her like a fucking Goomba in Mario. Like, <laughs> she, I, and kudos to her because she spends her last breath yeah. being sassy yeah we were having a moment here yeah and then trigger why must you hurt me this way why did you have to show me her getting goomba stomped four times from four different oh. angles like there's uh, another one where they did that i can't remember what it was but there's another really good one it where was pilar having his brains blown out oh no there's one in the, in the, one of these last few episodes part of this whole sequence where it was just a moment and they cut it four times i was like that's impressive um that's nice yeah that's good yeah but i i, God. I, I felt i like loved rebecca. rebecca she was probably my my favorite cat and and you feel it's sketchy well because <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, some, some angles like, there that i was like that's an unnecessary bum shot yeah <laughs> I mean, She's, are you talking about sketchy actually? Like Kiwi walking out of the ice bath just fully naked and we see... Oh, that's true, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. And Lucy and as well. And the hacking being naked. Yeah, there's a stitch of her, like, coming out of the bath. Nice bum. There's her boobs. Yeah. Dave, David and Lucy's house apparently is a no-clothes zone, which, yeah. you know, I'm Why here not? for. You've got to let that crime okay fly free. Damn right. Damn right. What if he got his... <laughs> I, I know, know that Pilar made I, fun did, of the cyber psycho. I, I need to know, did he get his dick done? <laughs> I, I mean, what do you get done? Like, is it, it, it what are the options? I did a side quest actually in the game where um, there's a character that you meet and he's screaming in the street yeah. because his cyberware for his dick has <laughs> malfunctioned. Nice. So you have to drive him to a ripper dock <laughs> to get it fixed. Brilliant. Of course. <laughs> Uh, I mean, at that point, God, why? I, what? What benefit does, is it going to give you? Pump action. But like, is it? Is it going <laughs> to give you anything? Like, it'll make it more efficient. But is it going to give you anything? Because like your you nerves just, and everything are going. But I guess if you hook it up to your brain, you can just be like, "Yeah, okay." Now it just activates a dopamine button. Yeah. And I mean, the, all the brain dances we see them go on. That's true. When they go to yeah. the strip club and stuff, like. 
It's got to do something. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that took a turn. Um, I want to, I want to thank thank Cyberpunk as well. Speaking of the last episode, for making, I really want to stay at your house. The song be an instant emotional trigger for me okay. and make me tear up every time I hear it. Oh, you're a sucker for uh, for a soundtrack. It's just it plays. Ah, uh, like the first time it plays is when they're on the moon together, and we talked about how much we loved the moon. <laughs> I love the moon. I love the moon. I am the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it plays when because David's gone completely off the edge, and mm. then he retains his sanity because Lucy pulls him back with a kiss, and then he uses that to get torn apart by Adam Smasher, and mm. then they have the audacity after everyone's dead and yeah. Lucy's escaped. She makes it to the moon, and they have the fucking gall to play the song again, mm. and then pause right before the drop. As she looks up at the earth and like puts her arms out and then the drop hits and I fucking cry yeah. and I'm done. And I'm yeah. just like, it's not fair. No. It's just not fair. Yeah. Oh. It sucks. Yeah, absolutely. What an ending though. Um, what yeah. did you think of, of like that all in? Because I want to talk about, and I want to hear your opinion on mostly. I thought, what do you think about tragic endings? And this yeah, one in particular. I'm kind of done with them. I, I saw the, I saw this coming from like episode eight and nine. Uh, and I, I was sort of hoping it would have another twist. It would have another sort of spin off, which is kind of where I was coming from with everything that we've talked about so far. But um, it, it was clear that he was only out for Lucy. He was, and, you know, the whole them not communicating and stuff. It was all playing towards this where they were both trying to save the other one. And... In the end, you knew one of them was going to do it. And I thought it was just a bit sort of, I was just waiting for it to happen effectively Um, with a load of cool action Mm. along the way and a load of badass stuff. Like, you know, kudos to all of that. But um, I did, it did feel like it was only heading in one direction. And Mm. that this again is why I was fighting so hard earlier for that twist and that sort of realization that, Adam, uh, not Adam, <laughs> Adam Smasher. Like, um, that, um, <laughs> that Adam Smasher could be redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> if, if there'd been a moment when Adam Smasher come along and David was like, who even are you? And he goes, I am your father. And it's like, my God, cause he never met his dad. Oh my God. That's why his mum never, oh, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and then they see all these hints and it flashes back to all these moments when there was clues going, oh, it's, it's, it's his mum, like he lifts up the photo at home, and it's just his mum and Adam Smasher in like a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, How did, did I, I not know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it's interesting that you. But, say it, but that it's but it's not Adam Smasher as a human either. It's him in full Borg. So it's just like it's, it's full Borg. It's and clearly him. Dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in the wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why not? It's twenty seventy seven. He wants to look pretty. Why not? Oh yeah. god. Yeah. It's interesting that you said that you saw it coming from so far away because my first watch through, I didn't, and the signs were there. Definitely, mm. like the OP ends with David being shot through the face. <laughs> so I probably should have seen that coming. But right up until the end, I was like, maybe. Maybe yeah, like I wasn't this. certain. I thought there was definitely different ways they could go. And I think it's just almost like they didn't commit fully until until the end. But like it was 
clearly one of the main possibilities was that uh, that David was going to sacrifice himself so that Lucy was going to get her dream. Like that's it's just a good narrative. It's a it's a well established mm. narrative that the protagonist sacrifices everything for the person that he loves. And we know that we, yeah. we knew that David was trying to do that. And it was just, I think the only thing that was up for debate was who was going to win. Like, yeah. And the thing is people, I think we always try and predict what's going to happen. So shows constantly try and take us down the wrong way or or like keep us in the dark for as long as possible. So there was plenty of possible endings here that would have worked. Like Lucy Mm. succeeds and she dies, but David manages to get free and it skips 10 years forward. And he is in Arasaka. Um, Mm. And he's got a, a he's he's running things and he's making things better potentially. Like that's that would be a nice ending as well. There's a potential for them both to die trying to save the other, and it's just a Romeo and Juliet tragedy. Like there, that mm. that would have worked as a narrative as well. There's so many ways that would work, but yeah, this one just felt it was one of those ways. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. It wasn't like I'd gone, this is definitely going to happen, but it was just when it happened, I was like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That's fair enough. I, how did you think it worked as the end to the whole story then? So David giving himself up and dying and then Lucy going to the moon and achieving her dream, but realizing, I guess, that her dream really wasn't to just go to the moon. It was, it was David. Yeah. Um, like, did that work for you? I guess. I don't know. I am a bit. I don't know. I, I, I can't even think of specific examples of other shows that do it, but the whole protagonist dying, sacrificing themselves plot line, I feel mm. like has been a very overdone thing. Um, See, I'm on the opposite end because I can't remember the last thing I watched where the protagonist fails so spectacularly. And... That's I because guess you maybe watch kids cartoons. I, I was about to say maybe it's because I keep watching Shonen <laughs> where the hero always wins. Uh, but like, it really struck a chord with me. Like the fact that he didn't get out, that Night City eats people. The fact End game. That he struggled so hard. End game, yeah. But I then I wouldn't say that then it's been overplayed. Then I'd say that it was that was probably the biggest example because we. They still won, but then we lost Iron Man. Spoilers for Endgame, if you've not seen literally <laughs> the biggest movie of all time. Uh, yeah, but it was so big in the zeitgeist. Um, and then I think uh, shows... I, I can't, like I say, I can't think of anything. That was the first thing that came to mind. And that was such a big mm-hmm. one that happened recently. Game but of Thrones, were, maybe? I haven't, I haven't seen... I haven't finished Game of Thrones, uh, so I don't know how it ends. Game of Thrones is basically everybody loses... For yeah. 10 seasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the first two or three seasons. Uh, so, yeah, I know mm-hmm. that that does happen. Um, but that again, that's a bit of a, a, a special case, isn't it? Because everyone just dies all the time. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the difference then. Maybe because you're watching more, I guess, mainstream shows or more live action. <laughs> and I'm watching anime where typically the audience is younger and the stories are more formulaic. Maybe that's why it affected me more and it came as more of a surprise to me. Yeah. And maybe I'm just being you, you were... uh, oversensitive to it. Um, yeah. I, I, I just quite liked, I, I do think, and but you can't say like, you look at like, um, 
the way movies have gone over the past 10 years, the way, the way entertainment's gone, it has tried to be this dark, this sort of more, um, gritty aesthetic. It's the, it's this, you know, the superhero genre with like the Dark Knight trilogies and stuff that have come out. It, mm. It's been, it, that, and TV shows where like you've got, um, what's his name? What's the, what's the director that's, um, that did like, um, lock stock and stuff and and those sorts of films. oh guy ritchie guy ritchie films he's always got like this edgy sort of um directorial perspective on things and i, I don't know i feel like does he the last film he did was disney's aladdin i wouldn't call that edgy. oh was it <laughs> i wouldn't call that a guy ritchie film either um, i'd call that a by the numbers film yeah yeah i well yeah exactly it's not a guy ritchie film <laughs> um yeah. i don't know i don't know what i'm trying I get to say what you mean though i I, I get what you mean. Like, it's only good if a... it's dark. It's if if it's not got a dark, like the Sandman's mm. quite dark as well. Like, it's a good show, but it's quite yeah. dark and solemn and depressing. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of shows are going for that. Okay, how can we traumatize our audience the most? Like, like uh, Thor. We we had this conversation yeah. a couple of weeks ago. The new Thor. Yeah, film. with Rag- Lo- uh, not Love Rag- and Thunder. Uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Again, mild spoilers for Love and Thunder. It's okay. Yeah. But yeah, like having a significant death in a film or something to just kind of shock you mm. is becoming more common and more frequent in all I think it goes it'll, it'll come around again. You know, I think I think I just can't wait for us to go back to fun stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of <laughs> I what miss I miss Ragnarok. <laughs> it would have been it would have been nice for this to end with like a positive. And I think directors and writers see that as cliche and see that as overdone and i think it'll just it won't be long before it's flipped and that will be the nuance and that will be the they were mm. like oh yeah we've got had a happy ending great like it doesn't need For to once, be childish finally. it doesn't need to be like mm. cartoony you can still like, have the sacrifice can, and stuff yeah you can still have things happen but like just because the protagonist wins i think people don't want the protagonist to win outright anymore because it seems almost just naive and Cliché. childish and stuff but like some people like a feel-good show that ends with the mm. good guy winning that's where the fucking adrenaline comes from that's where like <laughs> dopamine comes it's like yes he's david's we did done it. it and like oh what an ending what a twist it's like um like mm. the dark knight trilogy that is so dark and then it has the ending where he survived at the end where all the cops run at all the villains and they have a big war in the street and nobody has guns no. and Batman punches Bane really hard. No, not that bit. Not that bit. Where he where the, he <laughs> takes the bomb out over sea and we think he's dead. Oh, yes, when he it. puts it on autopilot and mm. he flies the bomb out into the ocean. Yes, did you not like that? Great movie. No, it was oh. shit. Oh. <laughs> okay, fine. I loved, like, I like The Dark Knight. I just thought that the ending of... Uh, the last movie was a bit contrived. Like the okay. bomb had like two minutes left on it and he's in the plane and then he's not in the plane and then the nuke goes off. It's called a misdirect, Sam. Have you never seen one? <laughs> yeah, I saw one in this show. I thought David was going to live and then he got his fucking limbs torn off. <laughs> I don't know, man. This, that ending, the tragedy of it all and especially with Lucy getting to the moon at the end and realising that that's not what she wanted. Yeah really hit me like a truck okay like this show has been in my brain for the past two or three weeks yeah and i just can't stop thinking about it and i've not felt this way about a show since like 
last week. Uh, well, I've not felt this way since <laughs> last week. Yeah, you're right. The last time I felt this way about um, a piece of media was the final Evangelion film, which came out at the end of last year. Mm. And then before that, nothing's really had that same effect to me apart from a few anime movies. Like, mm. there's just something about this and the way that it portrayed its characters. I know that there are flaws, and I fully acknowledge that there are lots of flaws in the pacing and in the characterization. And even to a degree, there's bits in the animation which are flawed, but something just really pleased the little goblin that lives in my brain with this yeah. show. Yeah. Just like that's fine. Everything clicked for me on a personal level. Yeah. And I just really loved it. Well, it's it really artist subjective, dude. Like I I thought exactly. I was really impressed with this and I'm glad, I'm really glad I watched it. I thought it wasn't a, a massively impressive show. Let's get into the, the, the three questions and we'll decide whether it gets any out of this. Okay, well, it's time for our big three questions. Now, we'll probably do things a little bit differently because we're doing the whole series, Mm -hmm. whether this is a a recommendation to watch the whole thing versus whether to just pick it up and give it a shot. Mm -hmm. But we talk about uh, compelability. Do we want to keep uh, watching it? Do we want to... uh, Sorry. No, compelability. Is that the first one? What's Compe- the first no, one? no, the first one is uh, concept and execution. Concept and execution. What am I? D- I, I was, was so going to correct you about the word that I, you I, used. I, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> 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 so I couldn't. Um, yeah. So concept and execution. Is it is it a good concept? And do they do a good job of executing it? Are there any turnoffs? And then mm. would I think compatibility is the one that we probably need to change because we're not going to keep watching it, but it's whether we would recommend it. It's whether we think it yeah. does enough to hook someone if they start at the beginning. Do they are they going to want to keep watching it until the end? I guess absolutely. See so in terms of concepts and execution, then what do you think? So a cyberpunk story by Studio Trigger. This this is um, it's, it's a hands down win. Like it, it can't be anything but absolutely. Like, there's no we don't even need to discuss it because the 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 pedigree is there like the only reason this is in existence is because we know it's a well-established world from um the creators of cyberpunk the 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 tabletop game like and then it's got its own game off that like it wouldn't have the success the world-renowned success that it's had if it wasn't a good concept and it's an absolutely Absolutely. dope concept so um the concept is sound I think we can all agree cyber, yep. cyber, cyber, cyberpunk as a genre is a home run whenever you yeah. bring it up. Like, look at Ghost in the Shell, look at even elements of Star Wars have cyberpunk mm. elements to it. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. He gets, he gets a mm. cyberpunk arm. Every, yep. I say cyberpunk he. Cyberpunk arm, he does. I, I say he. You mean Anakin. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you have any idea how little that narrows it down? <laughs> C-3PO gets a cyberpunk arm at one point. <laughs> He does. He just gets the weird red one, doesn't he? Yeah. Because they needed to sell more toys, I guess. Yeah. yeah concept is just cyberpunk in any kind of setting. Home run. Yeah. Execution. I feel Studio Trigger bring maybe not their S tier game. <laughs> that will be my my big complaint. Okay. But they bring their A game for it yeah. because there is still flourish. There is still over the top action. The gore is. So what do you want more from it? Like what? What's what do you think is the best I, production by Studio Trigger? Because I haven't seen the anything thing is, really apart from that Star Wars oh, episode. Oh, that is a fucking loaded question. I think my the thing with Studio Trigger is 
I've seen them animate two robots that are bigger than the observable universe throwing galaxies at each other. <laughs> so that team... What's that? To then really restrain itself, that's Tengen, Topper, Gurren Lagen, and we will get to it eventually. Right. Cool. Um, so to see the... T- but also, I think that this works in the team's favor. In terms of execution, because they are in a known setting they're in the cyberpunk setting there are rules and there are things that they have to be constrained by Mm. they're creative in other ways so they we have like episode six with main and his visions we have the effect for the sandevistan like we have lucy's backstory this the whole yeah the way that they choose to use their resources while it isn't as over the top she just kept kept running running. she didn't look back (sighs) <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just like I've got that song playing in the back of my brain. And I'm, just, I'm just already like getting goosebumps. But yeah, but Trigger, it's one of the best things I've ever animated because it isn't so massively over the top and outlandish like something like Promare or like Gurren Lagan or Kill a Kill. It is constrained, and because of those constraints, it elevates the material. It is a joy to look at. It is a yeah, joy to listen. The colors to. and the vibrancy and the. Uh, oh. Uh, of, it, it sells you on Night City. Yeah, it sells you on the characters. It's a it's executed, I would say, flawlessly. The the um the vehicles that we mentioned earlier on last week almost flawlessly. <laughs> <laughs> but they get better as the series goes on. Like when when they're tossing them that around, final and them up, I think that's a lot better. It's a lot more believable than the stealing the, limo. the car scene. Yeah, the limo scene. Yeah. Definitely. It's an improvement. Yeah. It's <laughs> Couldn't an improvement, get much worse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that would be my main criticism of the animation. But outside of that, yeah, I think execution of Cyberpunk is just also stellar. Ca- okay, another criticism then, because it it did sort of pull me out of it a bit. I know there's a lot of hyperbole when we're concerning a lot of the action scenes, like the, the way they take mm-hmm. bullets and the way they sort of can just keep battling on. But like... The cars, their car seemed very, very indestructible compared to everything around them. Yes. Um, That (laughs) is kind of addressed in the games. Like the car that they're using is similar to... um, So there's a taxi service where the car basically has like a combat mode and it's essentially bulletproof and everything else proof. Yeah, but so should all of... What what the, what's the company's called? Social Militech and Arasaka stuff should yeah. be as that True. as a bare minimum. <laughs> yeah, I think it got to episode nine and ten, and Trigger went, "Okay, we need this to go out in an absolutely insane finale. Let's just do that." Yeah. And yeah, yeah, there has to be some suspension of disbelief, and I can understand why, especially because uh, Falco's car is basically immortal yeah. for the entirety of it. It barely looks dinted up, yeah. but then. I don't know. It, yeah. Yeah. It's hype though. <laughs> it's pretty hype. Yeah. <laughs> what about turnoffs then? Uh, would the, I feel that, like there's a fair few. Yeah. That would stop somebody from finishing the whole show. What stood out to you? Um, potentially um, the intensity of it all. Like it, again, that hype, the hyperbole of it all. It's so exaggerated. Everyone's so stacked or gangly or like 
uncanny <laughs> valley <laughs> there's um there's a lot of weird shit um just a yeah if you're not familiar with cyberpunk um which i guess i wasn't but i sort of knew the concept and i've seen bits of the game and i've been intrigued so and like i said last week i've, I've listened to some tabletop role-playing using the cyberpunk stuff when i really enjoyed that so i do know a little bit um the, the bare minimum mm. um so yeah i think the, the whole the concept itself and the way it's so over the top is potentially a turn off in itself um mm. yeah it definitely could be if you're not into that kind of uh genre certainly i get obviously there's lots of nudity the hyper violence the gore the, the gore and the hyper violence yeah yeah there's a lot of thematic turnoffs as well i feel like the fact that people die at any given moment the fact that yeah uh david was from the other side of the truck a lot of swearing <laughs> yeah even in the dub as well which was yeah yeah i was surprised by mm. a lot of f-bombs dropped yeah um mainly from rebecca yeah <laughs> mostly from mostly from rebecca she's just you know what i'm gonna gush for a second because i love rebecca yeah this fucking little gremlin that isn't even part of the main team <laughs> just turns up becomes the internet's darling and then goes oh, out in the biggest blaze of glory i do feel for her as well though because it's she's obviously got the hots for um, david and she's just like always playing second fiddle to lucy and she knows she yeah. doesn't have a chance she asks him out and like tries to just like cutesy up to him and she, she she ends up dying for david effectively like she's yeah she keeps pushing and pushing pushing not for herself um but and i guess that's where falco is is it falco who's the falco. Dri- yeah, is he the driver, driver? he um yeah he, he obviously doesn't feel that way about david yet he goes pretty much to the end but he then still sort of just bails at the last minute and i guess he does have that loyalty well, he to does david. it he does yeah he, he does, does it for it a David's reason request right Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is Rebecca was so committed to just throwing her life down for David. It hurts because like yeah. he was never interested yeah. and it was never like reciprocated. Like he it, respected her and sort of, but he used it, her. It's when he, when he cracks at the very end and oh, he's yeah. saying, okay, mom, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the yeah, very exactly, top. Exactly. Yeah. And, and she's just like, Rebecca's in front okay, of him. He's like, David. Okay, David. Okay. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> honestly cd project red must be looking at rebecca and how popular she is and think okay we need to find a way to bring her back in the dlc because that's the only way we're going to get the anime fans to buy it we've got to do something yeah sure she survived i don't know how but let's do it let's bring her back we found a body and we put cybertronics in it brought her back oh because we see a body all mangled up as well yeah oh rebecca in the game, you can go to uh, Arisaka Plaza mm. and you can find a shotgun. Yeah. Nice. And you can get David's jacket and there's uh, like a special mission where you talk to Falco. Wow. Oh, you can heart. get David's jacket. That's cool. That's a sick jacket. I'm going to get it. It's so good. <laughs> I know. I want it as well. Like, I just, I want to cosplay David. Oh, <laughs> I, need so to, I need to grow myself a... <laughs> put on jacket i mean spike up original hair, shaved david. sides i, I can't i can't put... i do not want to be hulked out david <laughs> <laughs> i'm not tall enough or no. bulky enough no you're skinny enough to be base david <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i could be twink david yeah <laughs> twink. <laughs> uh, okay so um, let's wrap it up question, sam. then 
does recommendations. What do you think? Okay, so do we recommend this? Um, yeah, fuck it. I, I think so. Well, I mean, we spent two episodes chatting about it and bigging it up. It's got to be. I think that the nature of it dropping all on Netflix at the same time, it only being 10 episodes, the emotions and the mania, I guess, that's crammed into this series. Like, yeah. the 10 episodes feel short and you are fully brought on to this insane joyride through mm. Night City and the world of what a cyberpunk is. And... Just that bittersweet ending will stick with people for a long time. I reckon I this is also one of these those shows that you can rewatch m- multiple times and still find hidden gems in there, like things that you haven't seen. Absolutely, things, links to the ser- links to other stuff. Like, yeah, I think the there's so much else. going on. It's almost too. It, there's almost too much going on a lot of the time, like especially in the fight sequences. Um, but mm. like, if you rewatch this, maybe having played the game, like you say, or like explore the world a little bit and then you rewatch it it's like hey that's that or that's that or the things they say the comments the lingo and stuff yeah. it's the ultimate redemption story because this anime got me to try the game and now that i'm going through the game i'm seeing things from the anime that i recognize and going like leonardo dicaprio meme where he's like pointing at the tv yeah like, I, I i recognize that i know yeah. what it is but reading the comments online it's been the other way as well so people who've played the game and enjoyed the game watched the anime and went oh i know that place i know this place i recognize this from there yeah and it's just it's like you can you can enjoy them in isolation but like when you start to link them together Mm. it's um delve into the world yeah it's like um (laughs) there was there was a conversation it's complete side tangent but there was a conversation i was listening to on a podcast recently about um like far from her no um no way home and like thinking Mm. if you were if you any new sort of marvel fans growing up like in the young teens and stuff who haven't seen the original spider-man like does that land does that work as a movie and stuff oh yeah and it was that idea that like well potentially you could still enjoy it and then they gave the comparison of well they've already done they've already done that sort of experiment you can you can flip it and say spider-man into the spider-verse it's basically it's basically the set if you if you found out okay we're watching this but you found out there was actually movies and shows about those other Spider-Man from the Spider-Verse, like the Porky the Pig mm. or whatever he is and and all of the different... <laughs> Spider-Ham. <laughs> yeah, and all of the different characters. You found out that there was already movies. Like, would you enjoy that more? Or would that be like... Because you still enjoyed the movie. Everyone still really enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse without the backstories. So like, you can still mm. appreciate No Way Home. Even though... The Marvel might- Universe itself proves this like how many people who go to watch mcu movies now have read the comics that they're based on yeah i guess Would you get more enjoyment out of reading the comics and spotting the references in the background of the shots yeah of course you would but mm. does it work as a standalone yeah it also does i guess the same with yeah. cyberpunk yeah you get, and even the second watching through for me so i said last week i'd watched it but it's twice when it's- by the time we recorded the first yeah. one yeah, no, but I get. I guess it's when it's so when 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 you look at like no way no way home, it's so so forced in there with the with the cameos, and then they are they're, mm. they're, they're extended cameos. They're well done. I love the film, but like that those moments in particular, because they are specifically referencing other movies. It's not like this is 
a reboot or a um something based on something else because that's everything mm-hmm. almost you know like movies that are based on books and things like that so i don't know it's an interesting interesting discussion um but anyway yeah go on yeah. wrapping up cyberpunk wrapping up cyberpunk so again like i said this clicked with me a lot i think that it is ready to become a modern classic mm. i think it's resonated with a lot of people and again it has absolutely no right to be this good. Yeah. Everything was against this show. It should have failed. The IP should be dead, but this show has single-handedly revitalized the cyberpunk brand. And for me personally, it's the first show in years that I feel that I can comfortably give a 10 out of 10 to for the way that it actually clicks and it hits so many buttons that I really enjoy. I loved every moment of this. Even with the flaws, I think for me personally, I could watch it again and again and still love it every single yeah. time. And yeah, that's the probably the best recommendation that I can give. It's yeah. a masterpiece, in my opinion. Okay. I will you? I will say this is a masterpiece of artwork. I agree with that. I think um personally, it's not ten out of ten for me. I think it's probably like an eight point five or a nine out of ten. Um, cause I think there's, that there's other things that I would have liked to have seen from it narratively. Absolutely. Um, but I can appreciate everything that it does and I, it, it is sort of, it's so impressive to watch. So yeah, absolutely. It's a masterpiece. Um, but yeah, personally didn't enjoy it as much as I potentially could have, but still fucking enjoyed it. Mm. Like it's great. Absolute banger show. Super. Yeah. So it's in the anniverse. Yes. Ah, well done to Cyberpunk Edge Runners Part 2. Oh, no, that's just us, Part 2. If you enjoyed Cyberpunk, make sure you let us know on Instagram or Twitter. Um, We're gateway to the universe everywhere. You can chat to us about Cyberpunk, whether you think it does a good job of, you know, showing us this world. Um, What do you... Well, anyone who's playing the game, how do we... Do we agree with Sam that the game is kick-ass or is it still shit, like... It was last week, apparently. It It was before the patch. (laughs) Who's your favourite character? Do you agree with me that the narrative needed potentially something else in it to tip it over? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let us know your thoughts, and uh, we'll see you next week for another episode of Game to the Anime.